had a great week um this episode just cracked me up y'all like i just i'm trying to like not keep laughing right now but it was outrageous to me as far as i'm concerned uh we're gonna do some housekeeping welcome to the melanated way housekeeping first and foremost as usual and then we'll jump into episode three fight for your love uh so support the show Bottom of the screen, you can see where you can support the show. If you're watching on YouTube, we have Super Chat, Super Stickers available. Uh, shout out to Olivia, Vanessa, Trisha, Sandra, Carol, Trina, Danielle, Rebecca, Marianne, Nia, Raydella. Hey, girl. Hey, I see you in the live chat. Uh, Linda, Brianna, Crystal, Nicole, Amanda, Julissa, Vanessa. Hey, girl. Hey. Uh, Donna over at Anchor FM. Angela, hey, better days, hey, girl, hey, and Judy and Beth. Uh, without you guys, these shows wouldn't be possible. So thank you for subscribing to Patreon. Okay, so start off with Jenny and Samit. And I have to tell you that this little, when they started off and they were holding hands and chanting, I just busted out laughing because it was just, it was ridiculous as far as I was concerned. Like, just ridiculous. Like, why is this even an idea? Like, honestly, why is this even an idea? You're all, you start saying like, you're not a religious person and all the things, but this is your last red herring. Is it though, Jenny? Like, is it? So uh, she's trying to get this missionary visa and uh, become a Hare Krishna devotee. And she thinks it's gonna be as easy as going to the temple and becoming a devotee. Pow, she gets her missionary visa, but she is in for a rude awakening. So they're going to go to the temple to see, you know, what she has to do. And of course, because this is Samit's MO, you guys, like this is how he operates. So they're in the taxi already on their way there for her to find out that he's actually just going to drop her off because he doesn't want to influence her decision. First of all, this was your idea. You're the one that brought her to the immigration attorney. He says this is the only out. And because you so don't want to marry her, and he even says it in this episode, he is trying everything in his power to not marry her. Whatever he's got to do to not marry her, he's going to do that. And that is what I think was hilarious. And that's why I'm laughing. So you're not trying to influence her, but just go, go check to see if you could do this. Go become uh harry krishna even though you don't really have you don't you're not like a spiritual person but go do this because you're going to try to pull a, a one over which in my opinion is completely disrespectful to believers and the devotees who are actually devoting their life to a spiritual cause you're just gonna roll up and think that you can be like hey yeah so i'm gonna do a chat here or there and then can you kind of sponsor me and make me a missionary like jenny what Anyhow, so she says she's not a religious religious person, um, and gets there and you know takes off her shoes, cleanses herself, goes inside, and she wants to know you know what is what is this even about? Because she doesn't know; she's done no research. And um, the guy's like, you know, we're gonna accept some standard of mode of goodness. And she doesn't even know what Harry Krishna means, which I thought was so interesting. Like, you're gonna come in there, Jenny. You have done no research, but you think that going in and doing a few chants, holding the beads and chant, doing a whole chant, and e even in the chant, y'all, she was like complaining. She's like, oh, I'm tired. I have a dry throat. But oh yeah, I feel the vibrations. Like, stop it, Jenny. Just stop it. Just stop it. You felt a humming in your body, you said. But meanwhile, in your mind, you're thinking about how uh, 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 my throat is dry. My throat is dry. Okay, Jenny. I believe you. So she sits down and does this one chant. It's 108 beats. So she, beads, so she has to do the full chant for each bead. Gets through it. 
and she feels like she has been tested all the time that she's been in India and she's explaining her situation. I feel like Jenny does this a lot where she explains her situation to everybody and anyone. Like, oh, I wanna get married. Oh, my boyfriend's younger than me. Oh, he won't marry me. Oh, I have, like, oh. Jenny, no one cares. No one cares, it's up to you. It's up to you to decide what you want to do. And you've been putting up with it for 10 years now. So why would it be any different? That's my question. They're talking spirituality to her and she's talking about how she's stressed out and she's trying to get this missionary visa. So one lady's like, oh, I've been practicing for like 26 years. The other girl, younger girl was like, oh, I've been practicing for three years. It's really given me discipline. It's really helped me with my life. And Jenny's like, oh, well, you know, I feel like it's uh, it's helped me with like, my stress a little bit. And, you know, really trying to get this missionary visa. She does the one chant. Maria says, no, not the Jenny voice. Yeah, I got it down, Maria. I got it down pat. She does the one chant. And now she's considering becoming a devotee. So you did no research, Jenny. You know nothing about the religion, the faith, nothing at all. And you're considering after this one chant to become a devotee because you feel like you had some vibrations and humming. Although you had a, you're tired after one chant. Do you know how preposterous this all sounds? So she goes to talk to Ajay and tells him all her issues as well. You know, I've been married and I'm stressed out. There's a cultural issue. My boyfriend is younger than me and his family doesn't want to accept me and they don't want to let him marry me, but he's a grown man and I think he's just making excuses and he catfished me when we first met. He said he was a model and he's not a model, but I still love him and he also got married while we were together and didn't tell me. And uh, But I still love him and I want to stay in India. And I'm so happy that you're accepting me because I just really feel like you're giving me all your blessings. And I feel like India has been against me. This whole, what? India has been against your relationship? India? All of India? cares about you and Samit's relationship and they're all against it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All of India, yes, Jenny, all of India is against your relationship. So luckily, AJ, who you've known for five minutes, has given you his blessing, and you're going to be just fine. So she goes and asks what the rules are. What are the rules I need to follow? What are the needs of rules I need to follow to, to become a devotee? And he says, well, you know, for now, all you have to do is say his name, and you become a devotee. And then he says, and then you can pursue, like, your career, you can pursue your life goals. I was like, um, Jenny's been there, done that. She's retired, so her career is behind her. And life goals, her life goal is to try to marry Samit at some point in her life before it's too late for them. That's her life goal. So he's like, well, listen, you become a devotee and you pray, you will get the blessings and then you can get married and the problem will be solved. She's like, no, I'm really actually not trying to do all that. Like, I'm not trying to just keep praying and chanting. I just want to uh, know how I can become a, a missionary. Like, how does that work? He says, um, well, to become a missionary, you have to devote all your time and energy uh, to the temple, right? So you're a full-time devotee. You serve the temple all day. And she's like, all day? Missionary means all day? You have to 
to serve all day? He's like, well, what did you think missionary meant? Missionary means missionary, no? <laughs> then he goes on to say, you know, you have to qualify. That can take a few years. It can be three years. It can be 10 years. It's all about your commitment and your dedication. So basically he was saying in a very polite and spiritual way, bitch, you ain't going to come up in here, roll up and think that you're going to chant for five seconds, do one round of chanting, and then come and expect us to go ahead and sponsor you so that you can get your missionary <laughs> visa. And you thought you could just pop in and pop out whenever. No fool. You got to come all day, every day. But Jenny, because you saw how excited she was when he when she first asked, like, oh, so what does it take? Oh, what? I don't have to change anything? I could just do, do this one chant and that's it? I'm a missionary? Oh, my God. That was the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So she leaves. And, you know, this fool is not going back there. Even if she felt a vibration in her body, as soon as she sat down, she's like, this is not going to work because uh, you have to actually want to be a missionary and devote your time and energy to the temple. So Smith, this is not going to work for us. You're, I'm only a beginner devotee if I became a beginner devotee, but he's saying that I, I can't get my visa through them. So it's not going to be an option. She feels let down. She says, you feel let down. If you should, if you feel let down, the only person you should feel let down by is this dude sitting right beside you who keeps coming up with excuses not to marry you. So she tells Samantha it's not an option anymore. And he says, quote, because I had to write this down. Quote, that was the only thing to keep Jenny in India for a longer period of time. End quote. No, Samit, you have options. <laughs> you just don't want to use them. You could marry her. And the pro problem solved. Marry her. She can stay. But no. He says he cannot choose marriage over his parents. Listen, y'all. He is never... He is never going to marry this girl. He is never going to marry her. Never, never. He is never going to marry her. I mean, if he marries her, there's going to be some complete miracle from the skies above because she has left over and over and she always comes back and he knows it. She's not going anywhere. She's already training her brain to leave the country every six months, even though it's expensive. Listen, fool, you, all you need to do is pack your bags and be, be done with the relationship. He's not marrying you. And if that's your end goal, your whole goal in life is to marry Samit, then you, know, you might want to have some new goals. <sighs> Outrageous, but funny. Outrageous, but funny. Hey, Lori. Lori says he absolutely doesn't want to marry her. The fact that it's called missionary implies that she would need to be a full-time employee. Kimberly says Jenny needs to just stop telling her love story. Facts. <laughs> oh, hey, Cindy, Walter. Hey, girl. Hey. So on to Ari and Benny. Now, this was like so super like cringy. I don't know what, I don't even, all of it was cringy, except for the fact that I thought that Leandro and this Tion, is that her name? Or I don't even know how to say it. Tison, Tison would make a good couple. Okay, so Benny didn't sleep well. Uh, he's scared and not feeling really good inside about Leandro being there. And uh, he, so he goes out to work out and get some of his frustrations out. Meanwhile, Ari is like mad cheesing in the kitchen. She's all feeling guilty about, not her husband, y'all. She's feeling guilty about how her relationship ended, how she had no closure, how she treated Leandro. So you, you went to bed and woke up and thought about your ex-husband and not your husband or your future husband. You thought about your ex-husband and not your future husband? Makes sense to me. He comes in. She's smiling so hard while she's making her ex-husband coffee. Not her future husband, her ex 
husband. He's like, do you need a hug? She's like, yes. She's feeling emotional because she didn't um, treat him or didn't do right by him. And she always knew they'd get back together. But then, you know, she had a baby. And I was like, wait, what? Wait, are you, what? so are you saying to all of us, the whole world, that you still have feelings? Cause that's indirectly saying that you still have feelings for this man. And guess what? He feels the same way. And then she goes on to say that, that she's having all these emotions that she didn't expect to feel. You're having these emotions and feelings for your ex-husband and where's your, where's your future husband again? Oh, he's outside? And you ain't thinking about him? Got it. So, <laughs> meanwhile, Benny has lots of questions. And he has questions for Leandro. And he wants his questions answered. So, Leandro and Benny are going to the gym so they can speak face-to-face, man-to-man, and hash it out. Now, he shows them the gym a little bit, and he gets right to the fight area. And we all know that Benny's a trained MMA fighter. He, he's been fighting for a long time. So the fact that he wanted to go fight this bull was hilarious to me. So meanwhile, Leandro's concerned because he's he really wants, he doesn't know if Binyam really wants to fight him or if they're just sparring. Like, what's the deal with us? So he's a little bit nervous. And Benny's like, he still thinks that Leandro has feelings for Ari. I mean... Why would he come all the way to Ethiopia if he didn't? Which totally made sense to me. Thought about, just think about your exes. Think about wherever you are in the world and the ex that you have. Do you think they're going to travel halfway around the world if they're not thinking like, hey, something like, I still I still care for this person, even though this person has a baby and is in another relationship. Let me just go and stay with them and see if I can mix things up, spice things up a little bit. Let me check in. Let me get my good eye on them and see if they're doing good. If not, let me just go ahead and put a crack right down that relationship. Oh my God, so ridiculous. So Benny is just not feeling it. He's like, this fool still has feelings for her. And Ari lied about her and Leandro in New Jersey, didn't tell him about it. He had to find out from his sisters. They stayed in the same apartment and he wants the truth from Leandro. Hey, Stevie. Hey, hey. So they start sparring. Okay. They're sparring. Woo, woo, woo. And at first it looked like, oh, this is going to be cool. They're all like just being cool back and forth that Benny has the big pads on. Right. So Benny's like, you know how sparring works, right? So if you're training, the person with the gloves on is the one that's like fighting you, right? The person with the pads on is, is taking the hit. The person with the pads on isn't supposed to be hitting you back. And Benny's like slapping him on the head, slapping him on the head. Wake up, wake up. And I was like, oh, this is about to go wrong real quick. Real quick, Benny's like, let me just kind of get these jabs in. <laughs> let me get these jabs in real quick. All of a sudden, Benny just like whaps him in the head and then tackles him to the ground and then headlocks him and body locks him. And Leandro was like, his whole face was in shock. His face started turning red and he's tapping out on the ground, tapping out on the ground and Benny's ignoring him. Finally, he lets go. And he, after Leandro has turned completely like five shades of red, he lets go and Benny says, you okay? Leander's feeling dizzy. He was caught off guard. Um, and he's like, this training, you know, kind of devolved into something else. Yeah, it did. It, it did real quick. Benny was getting his frustrations out on you because he feels like you have ill intentions with his future wife. And I thought it was hilarious. So Benny comes to his senses a little bit, realizes that Leander's a little traumatized about what just happened with him. And uh, says, 
says, you know, listen, I wanted to be aggressive because when I fight, I can't control myself. Yes, you can, Benny. You're a trained fighter. You know how you can you can control yourself. You just didn't want to control yourself because you wanted to headlock him and get him to the ground and make sure that, you know, your aggro came out so that he knew who's boss. Like, I'm the king of the castle. I'm the king of the castle. It's my house and my wife. You stay away. Stay away. Crystal says, Leanna's life flashed before his eyes. Facts. Facts. Hey, Linda Anderson, you're new. My namesake. Hey, girl, hey. So, Benny's like, I have some questions, and I'm, I need answers immediately. Maria said, Leandra almost saw Jesus. Benny says, first question, why did you come to Ethiopia? And then we find out something super interesting. He came because Ariella has been begging him to come because she was homesick. She was feeling lonely. You told your ex-husband that you were feeling lonely in Ethiopia, even though you live with your, your future husband and you begged him to come out here because he's your best friend, your best friend. Get your mama to come out here. Uh, this doesn't make any type of sense. And then for him to tell your future husband that he's not basically good enough. Like, your future wife feels lonely with you, so she wanted me, the ex-husband, to come through. You know how outrageous that sounds? Outrageous. So why did he come? Because he wanted to see what was going on, why Ariella was feeling lonely, and why she felt like that. And the savior was coming to save his princess. Next question. Do you have feelings for Ari? Love how he answered this. He said, uh, okay, look, it's not like you know that someone, okay, it's not like when you're with someone and it suddenly finishes, the relationship finishes, you stop having feelings for the other person. That's a lie. Oh, so the answer is yes? With all those words, oh, okay, look, it's not like, you know, when something ends, suddenly you have stopped having feelings. That's a lie. Translation, yes, I still have feelings for Ari. Cut out all the words, yes. And oh, okay, I didn't realize you were gonna get straight to the point. So let me just say a whole bunch of words that mean nothing, string them together and not really answer. So I've been in a relationship for, with her a long time. Relationship ended suddenly. Doesn't mean my feelings went away. Got it. And then he says, you know, I just care about Ari and I wanna see how she's doing in this relationship with you. Because if I still have a chance, then I'm gonna go ahead and make sure that she knows that I'm there for her. If I have these feelings and she has these feelings and she begged me to come here, then maybe there's still hope for us. And that's why in the beginning, in the last episode, you guys, when he said he came here to um, meet Avi and to be here for Ari, I was like, oh, I was a little weirded out, but now I understand why. He's like, let me go ahead and see what my future stepkid is like and see if we have, we have a bond. Oh my God. Then he goes on to say, Binyam's like, uh, so did you like sex with Ari in New Jersey? And all of a sudden, Leandro is like hard of hearing. Maybe he hit his head when he fell to the ground when Binyam tackled him. Maybe he lost like some airway and senses to his brain when he was almost choked out. I don't know, but all of a sudden he couldn't hear. So when Binyam was like, did you sleep with my wife? He's like, what? Um, he says, I, 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 and he scratches his head. I, uh, uh, you don't have anything to worry about. That's what he says. Don't worry. You don't have anything to worry about. Now, Binyam, 
took that as a no. I, Linda Entwee, did not take that as a no. That that hesitation right there, and there's no no. All you have to say is no. No, I never slept with her. Don't worry, you don't have anything to worry about. That is not a no, my friends. That is not a no. Pregnant or not pregnant, that was not a no. And the fact that he had to stumble through his answer, when people are lying, y'all, that's what they do. Because guess what? They weren't expecting such a direct question, so they didn't have enough time to think about the lie that they were going to say out of their mouth. So they, they stumble to find the answer. I, 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 let me scratch my head. I, I, what am I going to say in this moment? I, I don't know what to say. I, I don't really want to really tell the truth. So I'm just going to, oh, I got it. Don't worry. You don't have anything to worry about. Terrible. But then Binyam, okay, took that as a, a no. No, I didn't sleep with her crazy to me but that was a no answer so all the questions that were asked did you notice how there were really no answers do you have feelings for ari no real answer just oh you know when you're in a relationship you still have feelings for the person that's all distracting you sleep with her don't worry oh my god hot mess hot mess so of course benny doesn't trust him uh, he doesn't trust him. He doesn't trust him. Benny, I always say, go with your gut. Go with your gut. I don't trust him either. I don't trust him either because you know what? He didn't try to answer any of your questions directly, period. Did you sleep with Ari? No. Do you have feelings for Ari? No. Why did you come here? Ari begged me to. That's it. That's just, those are easy questions. I don't need a dissertation. I know you have your PhD, but all these words are extra words that are non-answering questions. I don't like it. And it, to me, it just says, yes, yes, I'm here to steal your woman. I still love her. We still thought we were going to be together, but then she had a baby. She even said, you guys, last week that she kept him there because she wanted to make sure like, he was still there if things in her, quote, new life didn't work out. She would go back to her old life. You know how terrible Binyam must be feeling? Awful. Your woman is basically saying, you're, you were my second choice. You're my plan B. You're all right. But, oh, my God, I just love this guy. And that's why I'm smiling ear to ear. And that's why I'm just so happy. That's why I begged him to come because I missed him so much and I was lonely with you. Oh, my God. So terrible. So um, to get back to the house, things are a little weird. Ari's trying to make a bed. She's a grown-ass woman with a kid, and she doesn't know how to make a bed. Super weird to me. Uh, you might want to work on that. So considering both of you are not working, maybe you want to work on your house upkeep skills. But she is making the bed. Binyam helps her make the bed. And she's like, so how'd it go? And Binyam is like, you know, I asked him if he slept with you because you didn't tell me about New Jersey and I needed, I needed answers. And then she got a little attitude and she's like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed that you asked him that. Now I'm going to be embarrassed and you kind of like just making me look bad. Who Are you worried about your ex-husband? You should be worried about what your future husband thinks and why your future husband felt like she, he had to go to your ex-husband to get answers and he couldn't come to you. I'm sorry, Ari, you're, you're confusing me. Your emotions are in the wrong box. Are you picking box A? Leandro, are you picking box B? Binyam, because right now you're all the way in box A. So, <clears throat> super win. Benny doesn't trust either of them. He thinks that they're hiding something or not telling him something and that there's something still between them. And I always say, go with your gut. Your gut is not lying. All those red flags, red flag, red flag, red Those, there's a reason. There's a reason. And so um, He's just really concerned about the two of them. Now, here's the, the kicker. 
she goes to Cameron. She's like, I don't understand why Binyam's so worried about New Jersey. He's so focused on the past. He needs to focus on us. And I'm like, you need Binyam to focus on you guys, the us. But meanwhile, you're all focused on Leandro only, period. You're not focused in the relationship. But you're bitching that your husband is worried about the relationship that you're not focused on. That doesn't make any sense to me. How can he focus on the relationship, but you... I'm looking here in the relationship. You're looking there outside of the relationship, but you're getting mad at me because I'm looking at you, look at the outside. That doesn't make sense to me at all. At all. At all. So she feels that Binyam has created now an awkward situation. So they're going to go out to dinner, see if they can fix things. Meanwhile, they get into the van and Binyam is texting his dance partner, who happens to be his ex-girlfriend, to say, hey, come on over and join us. Let's just make this a whole awkward experience. If Ari can have her ex, then I can have my ex, and let's just, let's just do this. Which I think is absolutely okay. I don't understand why she was getting an attitude about it. You not only brought your ex to come visit, but he's staying up in the house. At least his ex has has a house to go to. So, um, <laughs> she gets all, I can't believe that you are inviting your ex because like Leandro here is here, he came to visit us. So like, why would you be inviting her? Why wouldn't he? You, what? Stop it. So we find out or we get reminded that Binyam and his ex were together for like five years, um, but have known each other way longer, right? They had been dancing together like seven to 10 years, but in between there they broke up because Binyam cheated, which we'll talk about this whole cheat. People are using cheating, like the word cheating so loosely. Like, have we forgotten what cheating is? However, um, they're sitting there they sit down, have some small talk, woot the woot. And then I hate that I'm saying her name wrong, but Tsion, 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 I'm going to go with that. Tsion um, shows up, gorgeous, bomb red hair dress, her hair done, makeup done, everything done, done, walked in like pow, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous girl, sits down. Um, gets introduced. This is Leandro. This is Ariella's ex-husband. She's like, oh, ex-husband. Oh, he's cute. Meanwhile, Leandro thinks she's absolutely gorgeous, stunning. Doesn't make sense that she's not with Benny anymore. Like, why are they not together? He wants answers too. Uh, so guess what happens? Ari's like, so why did you guys break up? Like, can a girl get a drink first? Can a girl like kick back for five seconds. Oh no, you just want to drag me into more of your drama because it's about y'all. Okay. Why do we break up? She says nothing. She looks at Binyam still like loyal to their dance partnership. Doesn't want to throw him under the bus. Hasn't even really had the conversation between the two of them. And she's feeling like Ari's forcing her to talk about it. Okay. So if we're going to talk about it, let's talk about it. Um, she said that she saw him holding hands with this ex-American. So we basically find out that during their break, so they were together, they stopped talking a few, for a few months. They had already been together for years. They stopped talking for a few months. In those few months, Binyam thought that it was over. So he met this American girl and then married her like that. So of course his ex is like, I don't know what was happening. I asked him, he said, when I saw him holding hands with her, that he was um, casting her for a music video and it was part of a music video. And that's why they were holding hands, which was all like, didn't make any type of sense to me, but okay. So then Binyam's feeling all awkward, right? Like in his mind, I could see him like, oh, maybe this wasn't a good idea to invite my ex because now I'm being thrown under the bus and I have to answer these questions that are making me look bad and I don't want to look bad in front of Ari's ex because now they're going to think I'm a cheater, but I didn't really cheat because I didn't think we were together. So that whole thing is going on. 
And then Ari makes it even more uncomfortable. And she's like, well, you know all those late nights that you and Vinny are dancing together? Do I have anything to worry about? And I loved how his ex answered, well, you two love each other, right? If you love each other and trust each other, then that love should be enough. I was like, mic drop. That's it. Like, don't try to, whatever your little insecurities are, whatever your issues are right here between the two of you, don't drag me into it. She's like, nope, I've been here, done that. I am not going back to this fool who already left me for one American. Now he's with another American. And now this American is worried about me. Oh, no, thank you. Oh, no, thank you. No, thank you. Moving on. Moving on, Ellie, can I just say that I, you know, watching Ellie, you can tell like she's new to the show and I just feel for her. I feel like this show is gonna eat her up and just gobble her away. She's got, she just is so broken to me. I feel like she's had enough trauma and like coming into this franchise, like I really feel you have to have like a, a thick skin and I just, I feel for her. So anyways, I just really feel for her. So last we heard, there's a storm happening uh, in Provencia. The storm is now a category five hurricane and all communications lost. Uh, Victor went to shelter with his sister, apparently. Um, Ellie's scared and she's crying and she's like, it feels like death. And this is when I was like, she's so broken because this woman has been through so much in her 45 years of existence. And, you know, this is a lot to her. She like, she's seeing things from, from a place of loss. And that's really sad. What's great is that she has this great friend, Hiromi, who I think that's, a, that's her, that's her person. That's a good friend. So comes over worried about her friend, just wants to be there to console her and be a, a good friend to her. And Ellie's like crying because she hasn't talked to Victor, doesn't know what happened since he's left the island. And Hermie's like, well, could he have evacuated to another island or something like that? She's like, oh, I don't think so, but maybe like to a community center. There's no news about where he is. There's no electricity. And she's supposed to fly out in three days. Now, when she said that she was supposed to fly out in three days, you guys, I'm looking around at, okay, so she was washing dishes too. Did you guys all peep that? So your dishes are still all like in the cupboards. I'm looking in that you have jackets, your tables there. Like, I know that you're not really moving. Like you're not moving. You keep calling it phase one, but we've been there, done that. It's the same like Tiffany, I'm moving to South Africa. You're not moving to South Africa. You went there for maybe a month or two, but that's not moving there because all your shit is still right there. So you said that you, like, don't get me started. All I'm going to say is that I don't think that this was the move. And you guys already know because I spoiled it last week. So if you didn't see last week's show and you want to cover your ears and not be spoiled, but you know that it, it doesn't work out and she's back in Seattle, right? Which I'm not surprised by. I'm not surprised because I don't think she was ever really moving, moving. Do you know what I mean? Because when you move, you move. You sell all your shit in your house. Anything you're taking, you ship or you get rid of. But this whole like, I'm going to take two bags and I'm going to keep all my stuff and I'm going to tell my business partner that I'm selling the business. Like, nah, nah, you got too much shit still. And you're not like in any, nah. So anyways, that was the first thing I noticed that her house was not packed up at all. And yet she's flying on in three days. So we find out that, you know, we knew that she lost her husband she lost her mom, she lost her dad, she lost a friend, and she really just feels like she can't handle another loss. So that's why she's super upset. That's why I say that she's like still broken and and throw on top the pandemic in the year and a half that we've all had. I don't know if she's making the wisest decisions, right? So she's had all that loss on top of a year and a half that's been like a loss year, right? And now she's like saying that she's gonna do all this stuff. She's taking back a dude that 
has domestic violence in his background and has cheated on her. She said, where do you have to send him money? All the things, like all the red flags are there. All the red flags are there. And I don't just think that she's thinking with a clear mind. Anyhow, um, she finds out from Astrid, which is Victor's sister, that family's okay, he's okay. He sends some loving message like, hey, I miss you, I love you, I'm good, through his sister. And the sister's on the mainland in Median. So funny, because I watch so much true crime and I watch all like the drug stuff. Like every time I hear Medea, I don't know. I just think like cartels and whatever, but I know it's not like that, but I'm just saying. So she goes on to say that um, there's no way to survive right now in Provencia and that power is out and she doesn't know or she didn't know if Victor was dead or alive. She hadn't heard from him for two days and she finally got to talk to Astrid. So she now feels a little bit more settled. And then guess what y'all? She decides that she's gonna get on a flight and go find Victor. What, what are you doing? Cause Ellie, you're 45 right now, right? So. And I know that you're not thinking with a clear mind because of all the stuff that's going on, but you do know what hurricane category five means, right? Because you just said that there was no way to survive right now in Provencia. And then you have no way of communicating with Victor. You don't know where he is, but it's a good idea to jump on a flight not take really anything and tell the world that you don't have a place to live because you don't know like where you're going to land. That's a good idea. Why? Like, why? Why would you, wh wait, why? You have a whole thriving business that has had to go through some things during the pandemic, but let's not worry about that. Let's worry about the cheating, lying, woman abuser and go to him to do what what's what's gonna happen over there if you ain't got no place to live and no no way to survive why would that ever make sense however her good friend Hiromi picks her up in the middle of the night drops her at the airport so that she can take this first step of moving and you know, she wants to get on a plane and she's going to keep going till she gets to Victor. Are we living in some kind of crazy romance novel? Because that sounds ridiculous. Listen, y'all. Listen. Listen. Okay. There's no way that I'm going to leave the comfort of my own home where I have all the luxuries of electricity and no hurricane situations going on here to go fly across the world, not knowing where this cheater boyfriend of mine is, who I've spent only a little bit of time with, who has already lied to my face. There's no way that I'm gonna go and just be like, hey, I hope I run into him. I know it's a small enough island that I can just run amok and and find him. Meanwhile, there's no power and people are being evacuated, but you're gonna go to it. I just, I'm trying to figure out like, how does that make sense? How, how? So Seattle to Dallas, Dallas to Bogota. Then she has to go additional 50 miles away to uh, San Andreas. She's feeling anxious. 98% of the island was destroyed. All of a sudden, she feels like she uh, is feeling the reality of the situation, and she's overwhelmed by it. But you put yourself in that situation. You didn't have to go. And I'm sure you could get some type of refund on your ticket because there was a, just literally a national disaster. So now that you've already done that, you're questioning should I have come? Um, 
know. I think maybe you should have thought about that before you packed your two bags. But you know what? I'm not super concerned because I know that she wasn't really moving anyways. So she's just going to get a little dickly. Yeah, I said it. So only reason, the only reason you're going to travel all the way across the world in a national disaster and not knowing where your dude is, hopefully you're going to find your dude so that you could, you know, have some sexy time and be like, whew, I feel relieved now. <laughs> okay, let me just stop before I go off on a tangent. Okay, Kenny and Armando. Kenny and Armando are such a breath of fresh air, like 100% breath of fresh air. Like just, you just know that the love is there. So thank God that they're on this season. So Cassie, one of his daughters, one of his uh, triplets is coming for a visit for a week. And he has never been away from his family for more than a week. And it's been a year since he's been able to see his family. So, you know, he's a little homesick. He misses his kids. And, um, you know, he's really just talked about how he had to give up everything that he knows. And on the one hand, it's a blessing because he's with the love of his life. And on the other hand, you know, it's, it's kind of like hellish because he's not able to see his kids and his grandkids. And so it, it's, it's hard for him. It's hard having that balance. So he picks her up at the airport and it was super sweet, big hugs. You could tell that they were close and, and just loving and happy to see each other. And, you know, after the year and a half that we've all had, you know, finally getting to see your family after a year, you know, is a special moment. Uh, he tells Cassie that he loves living with Armando. He has no regrets, but he does get depressed sometimes because he misses, you know, everybody. And he doesn't get to tell Armando that type of stuff because he doesn't want Armando to feel bad. And he still has some guilt because I guess before he actually did the move, he had a few false starts and Armando, um, you know, felt he was dragging his feet a little bit in the past. So he doesn't want to add that extra stress to the relationship, but he does miss his family. He has some guilt from leaving them we find out from Cassie's side that she feels a bit overwhelmed too. Like she feels like she's had to pick up the slack for the family since he's been gone. He really was the foundation of the family that brought everyone together, which made sense, right? Like come over to dad's, we're going to have, um, you know, family time and dinners and all the things. And usually when that person that's the foundation, you know, go somewhere, then everyone's like, I'm too busy. I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week. Next week becomes next month. Next month becomes next year. And then there's a pandemic and they're like, you know what? Stay in your own little bubble. So I, I get it. Like she's feeling a little bit of more extra pressure as well. Uh, so she starts crying and then, you know, he feels some guilt from that, right? Because those are his kids and that's the only parent that they have. So he's just trying to figure it out. But you know what? At the end of the day, you guys, they'll figure it out. It's going to be totally fine. It's Kenny and Armando. That's it. They'll be fine. And Cassie's fine. Uh, offline, you know, she uh, is about to have her baby. And so I think she'll just be fine. She's starting her own family. She's going to be new mom, all the things. So I think that this whole situation will just work itself out and... You know, it's hard be if you're close to your family, your parents, it's hard it's hard being away from them. I get that. I get that. All right, I'm about to talk about Corey and Evelyn. I always have to put my disclaimer out because um I don't want to come off as if I'm not being like super fair to her. Uh so just know that uh there's some history with Evelyn. She's a bit of a bully in my opinion. And so if my face squints a little bit when I'm talking about her, that's that's it. Okay. So her sister's over to plan her wedding. Um, sisters don't like Corey. They, in fact, hate Corey. But I can see why they hate Corey, because Evelyn only ever talks shit about him. And so, you know, family's going to be protective of you. And so if you only ever say bad things about your partner, then guess what? Everyone that you say bad things to is going to think your partner is ridiculous, and they're going to hate him. And that's why Corey's sisters hate him. Corey's sisters, no wait, 
Evelyn's sisters hate Corey because she just talks so much shit about him. So uh, he walks in and says, oh, what are you doing? Oh, we're looking at wedding dresses. And he's like, oh, you know, what's the price range on that? And oh, actually, I'm really excited because I have a surprise for you. And he goes, gets a surprise, and it's this David bridal bag. But inside the David bridal bag is his sister's old prom dress that Corey thought would be a good idea to cut some costs for the wedding that if Evelyn could just, you know, do a little nip and a tuck there, that she can wear that to the wedding and they don't have to buy a wedding dress. And Evelyn, of course, is Evelyn and said, is that a prom dress? That dress is dirty. It's horrible. It's old. It's dirty. There's a hole in it. And you know what? It's bad luck for the husband to see the dress before the wedding, all the things. And then after she's already talked shit, because that's what she does, she's like, is this dress special to you? Is it a family tradition? Okay, so you might have want to lead with that, Evelyn. Led with the fact that maybe this dress has special sentimental meaning to Corey before you talk shit about the dress and say it was ugly and horrid and all the things. Maybe start with that. Find out that it isn't, that it, it is indeed just a prom dress. And then maybe I'd be like, oh, that kind of makes sense. But the simple fact that you were like, yeah on it first that's always your first reaction that's what i have a problem with now was it a good idea for Corey to go back home go wedding shopping with his mom find out he doesn't have enough money or it was too expensive and then go to a used place and find out that those dresses were still too expensive was it a good idea for him to ask his sister for her old prom dress obviously not no woman's going to want some other woman's dress, first of all. Second of all, they're not going to want the dress on their wedding day, their special day, right? But I get it if it was indeed like something passed down from generation to generation. Like maybe you take a piece of the dress and you put it on your new dress, that whole thing, right? That's the part I get. The rest was this nonsense, but it was nonsense on both of their part. It was nonsense that he would think that she would like, take this prom dress and make it a wedding dress. And then it was nonsense of her to just be shitty from the get-go instead of actually finding out, like, what's the story with this dress? Now, Amanda, I, I agree. I agree. The dress sucked. But I feel like they both came at it wrong. She came at it wrong, and he came at it wrong. Wrong. Hey, Riley, you're new. It's hard to believe Corey thought she would accept the dress knowing the way she behaves. I know. Like, do you not know, Evelyn? Do you not know, Miss, like, I want a $50,000 wedding, even though the fact that I don't really like you and I don't really know if I want to spend the rest of my life with you, but I'm about to spend all your money. That's for sure. Ugh. So she goes on to say that she doesn't appreciate the thought um, and she's embarrassed that he did this in front of her sisters because it makes her future husband look super cheap. Um, so instead, she's going to go wedding shopping or dress shopping, wedding dress shopping uh, with her sisters. And as soon as she goes there, she's like, this is never my dream. I've never dreamt of getting married i'd rather travel and own a business and make my life better and now i'm freaking out i'm not comfortable i'm not sure if corey's the man um i see myself spending the rest of my life with she sits in the wedding dress and cheers to regrets with her sister and i was just like the negative betty that this girl is is outrageous to me it's outrageous to me. Like, just come in with a shitty attitude. Say you, no one's forcing you to do this. Don't get a dress then if you feel uncomfortable. Don't get married if you don't want to get married. Don't spend 50,000 of Corey's dollars if you don't really know that you want to get married to him. Don't go ahead and have already been married and say that Corey may not be the one that you want to spend the rest of your life with. Just don't do it. No one's forcing you. But I sure don't want to hear about you bitching about it because you're not sure. And it's, this is making you feel... You make me feel uncomfortable with your shit attitude. How about that? And no one wants to hear you complain. Either you want to be with him or you don't want to be with him. But like all the stuff in, in the middle and saying how terrible he is and how you're embarrassed about him and that, you know, 
you're embarrassed that he's looking super cheap and you don't like all the things that doesn't sound like love to me. It doesn't like one. What are the nice things? What are the nice things that made you already marry him? Because fun fact, you guys, all my regulars, you already know, I told y'all that these fools were married years ago, not last year. The truth last year, one year ago, they went to wherever they went and got married. They've been married. That is the only way that Corey can live where he lives, have a business, have a car, be established, have a driver's license, all the things. It's because they have already, they've been married. You know when they got married, y'all? They got married way back when we met them. When she left America and he came to live with her, that's when they got married. And they've been denying it ever since but there's no way that he's been living there for three years and them not been married period and sometimes you know on the social media picture you'll see his ring pop out but they'll deny 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 but they've been married so this finally coming the truth that a year ago stop it stop the lies Okay, so let me backtrack a little bit because I do want to talk about this. So she says, cheers to having regrets. She tells her sisters that um, the about the Peru girl, Jenny, and how he presented Jenny as his girlfriend. And then they're like, oh, he cheated on you. He cheated on you. Um, but you guys were broken up, right? So you were broken up? He thought he was going to Peru. He was there for a month met this chick while he was there for a month thinking that it was over he was gonna come back to ecuador get his stuff and go to, back to america because he thought it was over but now he's a cheater he's a cheater because he met a girl while you guys were broken up now the part that makes it difficult you guys is that they were married so here's my question to you you and your partner are married you break up you go this way, they go that way. While you're broken up, you or your partner meet someone else and you sleep with that person. Are you cheating? Are you cheating? Not knowing that you're gonna get back together, but you're with somebody, is that cheating? I, I need a discussion, y'all. If you're watching the replay, let me know in the comments below. Guys in the live chat, let me know what you guys think. You're married. You break up, you're not together for like a month or so. I think it was longer, but let's say a month. You find out that your partner is with somebody else. And then the pandemic happens. You think that you have to go back to wherever, America, wherever you're from. So you are going to do that, but you get stuck because... There's no travel. So now you're quarantining with your ex because you guys broke up. And the reason why you guys are together now is because the quarantine forced you to stay together. So Maria says, tricky question. Better day says, I say it's fair game if you're separated. Stevie says, no, it's not cheating. Lori says, they were broken up. It's not cheating. Pamela says, married in paper. And then uh, Fairy Fish says, nope, not cheating. Also, she would have left him if he actually cheated. Listen, she's not going to leave him ever because he is her cash cow. And she realizes that she can treat him any type of way, all type of fucked up, and he's not going anywhere because he loves her. So she talks shit about him. I showed you guys last week, like, he wrote a really nice thing. Like, don't bully Evelyn. She's a nice woman. And, you know, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. And then she turns around and says, this is bullshit. Whatever he's saying, he's just being manipulative. He doesn't care. Like, all the things. Like, she never has anything good to say about him on or offline. So... She's not leaving him. He takes the verbal abuse and he takes like the meanness. Maybe he likes it. I don't I don't know. 
I don't know. All I know is that he's not going anywhere and she's not going anywhere because that's her paycheck. Moving on to Alina and Steven. <laughs> this little train wreck. First of all, I'm loving Alina. I'm loving her little, little like vibe. So she's having a problem with Steven because, you know, they're going to Turkey. She's just finding out that he wants them to stay in two separate places. And she already has doubts about their relationship because he's asked her in the past, like, if he could date other girls. Um, so she wants to test Steven's faith. So she brings in her friend, Masha, um, who's like, are you sure that he loves you? Like, are you sure you want to do this? Yes, I want to do this. So she wants Masha to flirt with him in a chat um, and see if he responds and she wants to make sure that it doesn't become more like she wants to know that he's not trying to like get it with some other girl so they make a plan they delete each other from the, from online friendship so that there's no trace that they know each other and she the friend Masha adds Steven on Facebook sends a hey winky face winky face you know, I always wanted to go wherever you are and, you know, you're cute and all the things. And so let's see if Steven takes the bait. Wow. That's a whole lot. That's a whole lot. I would never do that. It's too much work. It's too much work. Hire actor to go. If you're having to do all that, then you need to really reevaluate. But I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt because these two are young. And, you know, she, this is like a first for her. So I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. Now, meanwhile, over in Utah, Stephen is packing. It's moving day. Uh, so he's saying goodbye to his room. He's saying goodbye to his teddy bear. He wants to go upstairs where Julie, his mom, and Bob, his stepdad, are waiting for him so they can take him to the airport. Finally comes upstairs, y'all. Now, you know what I'm about to say. All of you guys that know me, you know what I'm about to say. And I hope that I don't go off on a tangent, but I will try to stay the course. So Stephen, in this order, first wants to get some snacks because he's hungry. Then he wants to go to the bathroom. And then he wants to brush his teeth. He finds out that there's no time to do that, so he's just going to go straight. You you are about to go on a long-ass flight and subject all the people on your flight to your nasty-ass breath. You're going to subject your, like, you didn't brush your teeth? You didn't brush, that, that's the first thing. Listen, Stephen, with a V, that's the first thing you need to do when you wake up in the morning. I don't understand why you're, even packing your bags when you're you you didn't do anything over here. What do you wait? What? Oh no! Uh, oh no! Oh no! Now I'm gonna need you to have a little travel bag when you get to the airport. You're gonna go ahead and knock that. I don't know what's going on, but what you're not about to do is just not do any of those things and be around a bunch of people. Go ahead and put that mask on right now. How about that? Anyways. Okay, I went off on a little bit of tangent, but I'm back. So we find out that Bob's not actually going to the airport. He's just going to, like, help with the bag. And Bob just wants him to follow some rules, make some smart choices. You know, he's not going to have his family around him. So he just wants to make sure that Stephen does the right thing because he feels like oftentimes Stephen thinks that rules don't apply to him. Uh, when they get to Turkey, they have 90 days to get married. And remember, they've only met each other once and they spent a week together and they had a chaperone. Now it's just going to be the two of them. <laughs> Amanda. Now it's just going to be the two of them. They're not even going to be in the same place. She's a virgin. He's not a virgin. And oh, by the way, he hasn't told her that he's not a virgin, that he has been hoeing around town. Um, and he's going to wait till he gets there. To tell her now how do you think that's gonna play out so what you're saying is that you won't stay here with me because you think that we will accidentally have sex so you're gonna force me 
to go and stay somewhere where you aren't. Meanwhile, you've been hoeing it, well, sexing it up, I'll say. And how do I know that you're not gonna go over there and continue to sex it up and me not know? Cause you feel like you can't control yourself because you just told me you can't control yourself that you're gonna slip and fall into my vagina. Like, I, what? It's gonna be a train wreck, you guys, and I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm here for it, 100%. So that was the episode, you guys. I loved everything about it. Jenny chanting will forever live in my thoughts. I think it's a hot mess. And I'm about to um, start also covering second season of Bears All. I can't wait to talk about that as well with you guys. Have a wonderful night. Don't forget to hit that thumbs up button wherever you're watching. And I'll see you guys all tomorrow. Bye for now.